0: Hello friends, welcome to episode number seven of the Front podcast. I'm your host, Maya, my pronouns are she and her, and today we welcome as a guest, Martin, UK-based photographer, probably best known as at Gingedope on other socials. Martin, it's so nice to have you on. Please introduce yourself.
1: Hi, hello everybody. Thanks for having me. Hiya.
0: <laughs> so uh, for those of you tuning in for the first time, On the QuizFront podcast, we invite marginalized artists and crew to talk about breaking into the music industry, growing as an artist, finding crew gigs and so much more. Uh, We try to give the listener a feeling of empowerment that they can do it too. And who is QuizFront booking, you ask? Uh, We're a touring and booking agency that prioritizes queer, BIPOC and disabled artists and we operate all over North America, UK and the European mainland. Uh, Anyway, so let's get into it, Martin. I would love to know, how did you get into photography and videography first? And how would you recommend, uh, you know, a young aspiring photographer or just a general creative to approach it and, and kind of get into it?
1: It's pretty tricky these days to do anything. So I wouldn't say I'd recommend doing what I used to do before the pandemic started. Um, but my the way I fell into doing what I do now was just because I moved out from Kent, where I used to live, and went to uni on a whim, picked my degree out of a hat, and uh, ended up in Southampton. And uh, there was this little magazine for one of my units at uni, and we created this thing that never actually got published, but it allowed me to go and see shows for free, and I was writing about it. Rather than photographing it, I was never really like able to go to any shows prior to uni because I was too poor and lived too far from anything. And like Kent didn't really have a scene or anything like that. And uh, yeah, so I was just getting into all these shows for free and it was pretty cool. And I got to see a lot of bands and I once just took a camera with me just for fun and they let me have a go. And uh, the next thing you know, I'm on tour with a band.
0: Wow. <laughs> I, I have to say, you do seem to um, have made quite the evolution, I guess, um, throughout the last year. Like, not this year, because in my mind it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah,
1: in my mind it doesn't exist either. <laughs> you know, 2019... i it so hard. Yeah,
0: 2019 seemed to see you quite, like, skyrocketing in some ways. Um, no, quite seriously, like, your handle... I uh, was all over my Twitter feed and in, and like Facebook every other day, um, because you seem to work with uh pretty much every single band that like I would be friends with, and um, I was quite impressed with your work from pretty much oh, the first time you. that I that I saw that, and um, yeah, and especially uh the first time that I saw your video work, which you started up rather recently. Uh I was quite impressed too. Uh I remember um Joe from Petrichor showed it to me on like his phone, but it still it came out so great and later I, I watched it on like an actual screen. Um so yeah, well well done on that. I also really love your work with Cult <laughs> Dreams. Um, yeah, good stuff. I love
1: cult dreams.
0: Um yeah,
1: Cult Dreams are my favourite.
0: Yeah, and I, <laughs> I I guess I kinda of wonder how how did that happen? Now you say well, I just got given a camera and it kind of happened. But I mean, there it, it must have been a little bit more like...
1: Yeah, of course. Like no yeah.
0: need to undersell yourself. Like I know you're you're a dedicated heart worker because... No, yeah, um, absolutely.
1: For sure, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm not trying to undersell myself or anything like that. I'm just trying to say how it actually was. But yeah, I did put like a lot, a lot work into learning how to photograph. And I think I got it quite easy because I got in there at the very right time for me and for the people that then got to give me opportunities that, you know, led me to do bigger and, like, more out-there stuff. So, but none of this would be possible if I didn't uh, end up at the Joiners in Southampton and if I didn't, like, meet Ricky Bates, who pretty much runs the Joiners and he's got, you know, the keys to Southampton pretty much. He's the mayor. He... Allowed me to shoot any show I really wanted and he runs this, um, promotion company called Wrong Way Around and I just shot all his shows and it's all like punk stuff and all the like underground DIY bands would roll through Southampton under his name and I used to shoot all of his bands and that's how I really like grafted and got to know a lot of people and, um, yeah, that's how I ended up with this being
0: my job really nice one yeah you do work with quite a multitude of artists at this point I'm kind of I was kind of wondering how how does all that communication work out like especially when say you're like on a tour with artists that you haven't met in person before or something um I guess what kind of role do you take in a tour I mean obviously like the photographer but like I don't know, how yeah, how how do you get along with with being crammed in a tight space with a bunch of people you haven't met before? Yeah, how 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 do you do that?
1: I think the greatest example is uh is when I started working with a band called Casey from Wales. They're they're now broken up, but I uh got a message from the lead singer Tom and he messaged me on Facebook and was basically like Asking me loads of stuff about my work, and he was asking about my rates, and I messaged him back, and then I didn't hear anything for like six months, and then at the end of 2016, he messaged me like a poster of a tour that they had coming up with Being as an Ocean, and just messaged me saying, "Let's tour then." I'd never met any of them prior. We just exchanged a couple of um, messages online, and yeah, I turned up in in Cardiff and got in a van with six boys that I didn't know and we just rolled together for three years <laughs> um yeah so I don't really mind meeting new people and being around loads of people at the same time so I think I'm like quite easy going as a person like I can handle quite a lot and the different kind of environments don't really bug me and yeah I'll just take it as it comes and try and you know dissolve situations if they do arise in the van and yeah you know
0: I guess that's what I was kind of getting at like which kind of role do you play like I feel like on every tour that I've been both like myself touring as a performer or like being the tour manager driver whatever I feel like the roles are always similar but the people are different uh like there's always this one person that like takes that role and like that person that like I don't know, chooses the music and, and that yeah. person that just sleeps in the back of the van. There's always that person, you know what I mean?
1: There's always that person on every tour, and, like, with every band you get in the van If There's always definitely, like, similarities. There's just, yeah, different people in different faces.
0: <laughs> exactly. All right, Uh, moving <laughs> on mm. and back into the podcast. I was going to ask... I mean, you could of answered that question already a little bit, but, like, how do you get your gigs, I guess. I mean, uh, it sounds like you just kind of get a lot of emails from artists directly and you seem to sort of get recommended about by word of mouth a lot. But like, do you send loads of cold emails yourself? Or maybe are there any artists that you really want to work with that you hope are going to listen to this podcast and like ring you up?
1: (laughs) I wish I had the guts to um, sell cold emails, but I have such a thing with rejection that I just mentally cannot put myself through that <laughs> most of the the jobs that I get are word of mouth and people that I've met or like bands that I've already toured with but I toured with like their support rather than them um so yeah it's all pretty much via face-to-face or word of mouth I never hardly ever do emails or like Instagram's quite handy too and I hate the app It's a absolute cesspit I do get quite a bit of work through there um but then again like I'm in a very privileged position and like I think I've always have been because even though I do do this for a living and you know I have to pay rent and bills I've been very lucky to get to like pick who I want to work with and who I want to create stuff for I don't just you know take anything because I don't think anything suits what I do. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my kind of take on it.
0: What do you think suits what you do?
1: Oh, fuck off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: quite... Shit. That was quite... I <laughs> uh, roped myself into that, didn't I? Um, yes, you did. I don't know. I feel like every time I have a new band or a new artist that comes my way and wants to work with me, it, it does make sense for for them to ask me because at some point they must have been like, you know, visualising for themselves. Like, oh like, you would be really good at that. So by the time they come to me, I'm like, I see where you made that connection, you know. But I can't quite, you know, pinpoint exactly what my work is and what I do. That makes people want to work with me. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that's that's fair enough. Um, guess it was a little bit of a highball question,
1: mm. wasn't it? I could go on a fucking <laughs> tangent with that one. I don't really know. It's like when people, you no. know, when <laughs> trying to write a bio for yourself on Instagram when you like you're a photographer or like video or or just an artist. Like it's yeah. so fucking hard. Like, how do you simultaneously sell yourself but also stay true to what you're about and what you wanna? say with your work but then again what the fuck do you want to say with your work like if someone ever asked me that I'm like I'm fucked with that question because I would never have the answer for you because it's so hard to just
0: I actually wondered about that today I was looking through your Instagram and uh, I love a lot of the work that you do um I love especially I guess how you catch motion and specifically dance uh yeah how how you kind of like catch that both in video I was watching the Perky video and I'm such a fan. Uh, Um, Ah, what a dream that was. Incredible.
1: (laughs) I cried when we got that finished.
0: Oh, I can imagine. Um, Uh. um, But I also wonder how do you get movement into a still picture so well, like kind of like all over your Instagram? There's so many, like that seems to be a recurring theme uh, to picture dance and, and, and movement. Yeah, but, but I, I found myself wondering, like, what exactly, cause, cause I, cause I kind of wanted to, uh, I guess, I, I, wanted to figure out some, uh, adjectives which, with which I, uh, would describe your work and, like, to the podcast listener or something like that. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know, I saw somebody comment that, like, there's a very interesting edge to your work. Um, and I, I didn't quite know what that meant, but it felt right to me. I guess it is true that there's a slight, I guess, some um, roughness and ruggedness to a lot of your work. That um, that I I feel I see in that. But then again, um, this is just me interpreting, you know, somebody's work who I'd never met before. So um, yeah. What what do you think? <laughs> Ask the artist.
1: <laughs> I do love that though. What do I think? <laughs> Ask the artist. <laughs> uh it's a tough question. I'm at a point where I don't really, like, I know you should know what your work is meant to do and what's, like, it's meant to say, but I don't quite think I figure that out yet for myself. You know, even though I do create stuff all the time for other people and I do have a certain vision in my head every time a piece of work comes through, but I don't necessarily think that I know exactly what I'm trying to say, which perfectly aligns with, you know, the, the, Therapy that I've been doing for the past year, because like, how can you, how can you as a person know what you want to say with your work when you're not quite sure what you are about yourself? You know,
0: that's a fair point. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm wired a little differently than that, and I always found it incredibly easy to pinpoint. I guess like my target audience and like what I want to say and who I want to say it for.
1: Uh, I am absolutely opposite.
0: No that's fair enough. I guess um that is also I feel like um since I do lots of kind of like marketing slash uh, PR sort of work especially for uh, Front. and um uh oh just by the way Front booking is currently undergoing a huge uh change into an artist management company so Woo! uh yes that's literally kind of like all I all I think about these days. Um, how to pull off these things and how to best do ro- um record rollouts stuff like that. Um, so I do feel like my brain is more and more kind of wired that way to identify assets and like identify target audiences and like all of these yeah. fancy marketing words that do make sense though.
1: I mean, that's amazing because we need people like you because um, the world is full of people yeah. like me who have no fucking idea. <laughs>
0: I I will admit that it's been a while that I've been an artist myself. Um, or a, I mean, I do think I do create things, but um, maybe I'm not a creator mm. in a way. But that's I guess another discussion because I do, in fact, create podcasts that, like have ideas about them. And now that I think about it, I do think all oh, the questions that I ask are the kind of I guess ret, ret threat that I want to kind of like have uh through through yeah. each podcast episode is a thing that i very much you know try to come up with creatively but you know i haven't actually say like written music or um created videos in literal years and uh, i i used to play in bands and all of that but somehow i found myself uh behind the stage at some point and not on the stage anymore and it felt much better to be honest
1: yeah i can't even i can't even imagine wanting to be on stage you know i'm not really a musical person and I never really had that, you know, I want to be on stage, like, I want to be center of attention. I, you know, I have all this music and I want to connect with people on that level. Um, so yeah, I don't really, never really wanted to put myself in, in that situation. So being behind the scenes is very much something that I'm fully fucking into.
0: <laughs> I, I reckon you, you come into a lot of conversations with, um, people with with artists that you work with like spend hours in in bands with, um especially I guess front persons of bands. I feel like in a way when you're when you're portraying an artist during a live performance, it feels like you're pretty much the closest person to them and like the closest person understanding their role as a front person and as the centre of attention at that moment and they are literally your center of attention at that moment as well, and you get to portray them, and that's quite an intimate relationship, is it?
1: That's exactly what happens, yeah, like if you're a photographer, and you know, you only have a certain amount of minutes in your day that you do get to photograph whatever's happening right in front of you, if you're not thinking about, you know, what the person that you're working for is doing right at that second and you're not trying to catch whatever they're doing on stage, then you're probably doing your job wrong. So it is very intimate. But then I am, like, really privileged to say that every artist that I actually work with I'm then, again, really close friends with. So I have, like, that extra step up because, like, not only do I know their exact moves on stage? Because I've seen them a million times by now. I actually know, like, you know, what they they've had. Like, I know, you know, these little things that make my job a lot more easier to navigate than, you know, if I was just doing a show that I have no idea about the person who's up there performing, you know?
0: That's such a special bond.
1: It is, it is. And I'm so fucking grateful.
0: Uh, do you do you think you have um, I guess certain rituals with uh, with artists, especially when you're like friends with them and you know you, you get to do it every night, you know their moves, they know your moves. Um, I personally just know especially around performing and stuff like that, I I really kind of need rituals to sort of get into the mood. Mm-hmm. And also I really need something to get out of it again and just to physically I guess tell myself, hey, performance time is over now, I go back to being a person,
1: you know? <laughs> I can definitely see that. can definitely feel that. Um,
0: and I feel like if I were to, I guess, um, get into such an uh, intimate bond, such as letting a photographer portray me in that very vulnerable uh, centre of attention momentum, I reckon that I would really need that kind of ritual with that person for sure do you do you do you you have any any kind of rituals that you that you do uh with artists slash friends when you when you portray them
1: um I wouldn't necessarily say so no I think we're just so tight as friends you know that we don't really need to you know do any rituals but actually every time I'm out with Muncie Girls we always end up getting cake Every day, pretty much vegan cakes. That's nice. So you could say that's a ritual. Every time I'm out with cult dreams, we always end up smoking menthol cigarettes. Always. I come back from that tour and I'm like, here I am smoking again. Um, yeah, like you could call that a ritual for sure. Um, but yeah, no, I just, yeah, just close, close friends and good vibes. And, but yeah, I definitely feel what you were saying about, you know, given the person who's betraying you that room and you know when you are vulnerable on stage and making sure that the other person does a good job making sure that you know you're being painted and you know with the brush that you want to be painted with you know if you know what I mean um and I feel like there is a certain amount of trust that those bands and artists put in people like me to just really get it right and that that is really special
0: yeah, there's a huge amount of responsibility that that comes with it, yeah. I, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's extremely exhausting sometimes.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I can imagine.
1: Yeah, but I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: Do you sometimes get home from a to being kind of like emotionally exhausted a lot?
1: <laughs> oh, this one's for my partner because he deals with all this shit every time, every time I get home. For a week, I can't literally do anything. Like, my body is just, my body and my mind is just absolutely absent. Like, honestly, it's, it's carnage here. I don't do anything. I can't comprehend anything. I just need like a week to just be like, not have to pay it and like attention to anything and not have like, you know, sensory overload. So I get home and I'm like, that's it. That's it now. (laughs) And I have, you know, a couple of weeks to, to get my energy back up and hopefully, you know, another run of touring. But yeah.
0: How do you eventually adjust to home life and then eventually tour life again?
1: Um, Quite easily, I think, just because where I live now is so calm and collected and I have a solid routine and I have a pet to look after. So, and like, I don't really have a social life because I go away that much um I'm not really good at making friends either so (laughs) um just me like yeah my cat and my partner um so yeah I just get home from tour and get myself a week to kind of get my shit together and just get on with chores and bits that need to be done quite boring really
0: (laughs) no that's fair enough I um I'm also very much not asking for a listener, but very much for myself. Cause I to this day definitely haven't figured out that how to <laughs> yeah. connect myself after a tour. And I mean, it's the so whole, fucking hard. The whole year 2020 has been nothing but trying to figure that out. Because mm. again, I, I pretty much came home after what well, I, I taught like seven, seven and a half months out of 12 last year. And then mm. I got home after four months touring in a row. Got home from the US and kinda of like uh just a couple of weeks later the world just shut down. And I, I, I went from a hundred miles an hour to zero in no time. And uh I I was alone with it very much so and uh yeah, I um I'm I've been pretty much forced to have a stable life and an address again which I hadn't had in quite a while.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I,
0: I'm I I I I was living in a van for like the last year, um, and that's amazing. Yeah, it was it was good in some ways, and then it wasn't in some other ways. But um, I'm actually living in a house again. I moved into a house a couple of weeks back for like winter and lockdown and everything. Yeah, I
1: <laughs> I I love hearing like music industry people navigate via words as to what's happening right now in the world. It's quite funny.
0: See, that's why I'm totally asking these questions. How do you do it?
1: <laughs> Everyone's always, like, um, making an accent. I don't oh, Honestly, it's so fucked up. Like, like don't get me wrong. I, I absolutely love being home because, like, I love being around my partner and we're, like, best friends and we always hang out and we have a cat and I love our life here. But then, like, touring is all I really know as well. So finding the balance, you know, with being at home during a pandemic and not going stir crazy because I was meant to be doing quite nice tours same. this year. And it was, you know, meant to be like my year or whatever. And, um, ah, oh, so fucking frustrating. But then at the same time, like being home is fucking nice. Cause I love my, you know, home comforts and I love my partner a bit and our cat's great. And the house that I'm living right now is fucking fantastic and live, near woods you know I love it here
0: that's amazing I'm really glad I'm really glad you got that like my Mm. my year finally I guess finding quote-unquote home again hasn't been quite that easy (laughs) I was gonna ask um how did the transition into video work ended up happening because I know that you kind of started out with mostly doing still picture work yeah. And I say, like, especially the new Perky video, the Petrogos video that I really liked, the tour recap thing, I think. Yeah, how how did you kind of get into that? Was it more of a coincidence or was it planned?
1: No, it was for sure a coincidence because I wasn't planning on being a photographer in the first place, so I didn't take, like, you know, conscious choices to get wherever, wherever I'm at right now. Um, so, yeah, I think... As you learn how to tackle your own camera and your own equipment, you also learn how to use your own eyes, if you know what I mean, in like a technical way. Um, And I think it just kind of grows on you. And the more technical skills you learn, the more you can apply what you're visualising for yourself. And the way I did it, like the video was always there, but I wasn't exactly like very proud of it because two... Direct something and put it in post and, you know, make a story out of whatever pretty pictures you shot is a completely, completely different thing to like, you know, just shooting a still. Um, but yeah, there's definitely correlation between photography and doing videos at the same time because like, even though I wasn't exactly producing videos to be seen by everybody, I was always doing it at the same time as shooting. Stills anyway, but just for me, so I could practice. And the more I practiced, the more I learned how to put, you know, a live video together or like a 30 second recap for social media or anything like that. Cause that was quite big at the time when I started shooting photos and going on tour with bands. So that was like an essential skill to have, really. That's what bands wanted you to have and wanted you to be able to make. So like the more I practiced, the more I got with it. Um, but yeah, that is very much different to, um, like the perky video that you mentioned, because that is normally a continuous take, which has to be perfect, which this one isn't, don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, working with just one subject rather than, you know, five people in the band and nothing being as chaotic or like there isn't that much rapid movement. It's so much, don't really know how to describe it. But, like, those two polar opposites, like, for example, a live music video is so much easier to make, for me anyway, because, like, I know that the band that I will be working with on a specific project, right, I know their energy on stage, I know what they do, and I know how to portray them. And that's quite easy, because, like, you can make that look, you know, dope because of the amount of movement involved and how fast things are with, like, the... the, Music genre that I tend to work with, whereas with Perky it was completely different because not only they're a solo artist, but it was like you know, very stripped piano, very much slow, and it was the complete opposite to what I'm used to. So it was just such a nice thing to get to finally create because I love shit like that so much but it was never, ever the right moment for me to, like, make anything, even remotely along the lines. So when they messaged me, yeah, they emailed me, and I was just like, holy shit, like, this is happening. And I just couldn't quite believe it. Um, But, yeah, like, even that process was extremely, extremely hard because even though they came down, like, for the whole... We, like, shot it over a weekend, and I had, like, two music videos plans for like the whole weekend so when perky came down they we were gonna do it on like you know sunrise but one of the equipment pieces didn't work and it was just a bit like they were doing amazing and i was doing shit so i was just like i'm just gonna shoot this and see what happens and i was hand holding it and even though i bought this expensive fucking ass gimbal to work with specifically for this video and that thing fucking failed and it was miserable but we like went through the motions and we had a great time. And I was straight up just really honest. And I was like, Perky, if this doesn't work out, like you're just going to have to come back and we're going to have to redo it. And they were just like, yeah, yeah, it's chill. You know, I'll just pull up in my van because they have a van. Um, So that's exactly what happened. Like we shot the video, I watched the footage and I was like, that is absolutely fucking garbage. Like I can't, there is no way I'm putting any of this out. So I just messaged them and I was like, can you do next weekend and they just kind of came down and we reshot it and everything worked out perfectly and there's like I think there was three yes three final versions of that video and the one that was published was um the one that everyone liked the most I guess um but yeah it's a it's a very different thing to have to like juggle if you know what I mean with like the way you create stuff and the way you're trying to get the vibe across but yeah the perky video is my fucking baby and i love it so much and i fucking love perky honestly like when that thing came through i just couldn't fucking believe it that it was finally gonna happen because i'm such a sucker for like movement i think that's why you can see in my work because i love movement and dance anything dance related like i'm not Mm. a dancer myself or anything like that but i just think movement is so beautiful and there's so many things you can say with your body
0: i agree yeah
1: oh fucking love it
0: how, how does the, um, I guess, creative program, I'm uh, uh, to <laughs> ask the question again. Uh, <laughs> how does uh, a creative process usually work for you? I mean, it's hard to say generally because every artist and every project is different, but like. Correct. I'm just interested to figure out kind of like which way, I guess your brain is sort of wired in a, in a, in a way to like, what's, I guess what I'm getting at is what is your vision and I feel like we had that question at the beginning already a little bit.
1: I feel like this one's way easier to answer though.
0: Yes, what um, what is your vision?
1: Like I said it really depends on the artist and whatever they are trying to do but I've been like really lucky when people come to me with something that they just want me to do whatever I want and that's like really helpful in terms of like triggering certain imagery and certain ideas to bring them into life for you know either stills or video or whatever is needed um so yeah I don't really know how to talk about my vision but I feel like if I can connect with something on like a lyrical level or like there's a bit of a song that I particularly like it kind of like makes a correlation within my brain which I can't quite describe. And that, yeah, just that bit will trigger another bit, you know, and it's just a bit after a bit after a bit, and I'm sure a lot of people that do what I do can definitely understand what I'm talking about (laughs) because I feel like if I was to explain this to a person who doesn't quite, you know... Understand the the creative process like I'm sure my creative process is exactly the same like you know a hundred other people because like some things just trigger other things and you just end up making the thing oh
0: yeah that very much sounds like my creative process for a lot of things as well yeah
1: Yeah, I don't know I just find it really hard to like explain but I do like you know the process of figuring out certain shots and like I don't know I think when I listen to something in particular that's what I always start with this, this, the song that's been sent to me and I can just kind of hear a lyric every now and then and can hear, you know, the bit of music and you just, I don't know, you just kind of end up imagining something and you just, I just always end up going with that, like whatever I'm seeing in my head and but I'll put it down on paper and people will send me like references as to what, you know, they want certain bits of the song to feel like and I can always bounce off of that. Um, But yeah, it's very much like a um, a simple process of, you know, putting stuff on paper and just, you know, listening to your own brain in a way.
0: Thanks for the insight. Sorry for boring Um, you to death. Another... (laughs) No, 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 by no means. Um, Probably a little bit of a difficult question again, but like, would you say uh, you found where you belong at this point? Like... I'm not quite certain how many, I guess, years you are into your photography career, five. Yeah, like, would you say you kind of found where you belong or would you say, maybe would you say you're on the right path, both concerning your, both referring to your, I guess, creativity and, like, vision, but also to the kind of artist that you're around, that, you know, you kind of float around in the same pool with, and also what is in... The future for you. Is there any other fields of photography that um that you feel like you wanna get into? Sorry, many questions at once.
1: Many questions in one question. Um Let me answer the the first one because you know, I can't really see past tomorrow in terms of my future, so called future. Um Sure. Yeah, I think it's really hard to focus on like what's next when you don't really know what's gonna happen next week. And I feel like everyone involved in terms of like the music industry and people who create stuff whilst not being at home so like touring crew and anyone along the lines is having a very hard time just you know trying to stay hopeful because you don't really know when you're gonna be able to do what you love doing and I think that's such a terrifying thought to just sit with for a time being so I'm trying not to think about it too much these days. So the whole like, you know, future related aspect is completely out of the question these days because I just can't handle the reality <laughs> these days <laughs> about like, you know, not being able to maybe like shoot a show properly until like fucking late next year or whatever. Um, that is just a excruciating thought at the back of my head. Yeah. But in terms of like, um, whether I'm on the right path or not, uh, I think there's many paths to be taken when you're in the music industry because you don't really want to put yourself in a box. But like I said earlier on, that I'm very lucky to be working with the people that I do work with because they're not only wonderful musicians with incredible visions, but like beautiful people too, and that always helps with you know my bit. But then again, yeah, like getting to know what you're into and Get into know yourself in the first place. I feel like there's so much more to come out of me than what I already, like, you know, given on the internet, per se. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. TBC, innit? Am I might just, you know, am I might just apply for a bakery job next week and completely bin everything off.
0: Bakery sounds fun, though.
1: I know. I'm, s- I'm so into baking. Always have been, when- ever since I was a kid. Um, so yeah, this this might happen.
0: It's interesting you should say that because um, I, given given the whole I guess uh, year that all of us are unfortunately um, stuck in this um,
1: yep. wrong <laughs>
0: timeline that we got sucked into. Uh, <laughs> this is incredibly random, but um, do you also feel like I, I really like this theory that um, twenty twenty. And all that happens is basically time travelers trying to fix the year 2020 constantly. But, like, there's a whole causality in when you, like, come back from the future and you do a thing that will cause other things in the future, you know? <laughs> like, and I, I keep seeing the series over and over, and it makes so much sense to me that, like, all of these incredibly weird ass things that happen throughout the whole year and everything just constantly gets worse by the day um i feel like maybe maybe it's just my coping strategy quite honestly but like i keep thinking like this is just like time travelers trying to figure it out and any time they do just a little bit of good unfortunately (laughs) they didn't yeah they didn't figure (laughs) out the causality properly yeah and and it just like turns into a way worse thing like there's there's an an um an I guess infinite version of I guess universe and timelines and ours is just like one of them. And yeah. like you know, the people from the future are trying to figure it out for us. But like it just keeps slipping and there's a glitch, you know, and just everything gets worse and nobody knows what to do with it and just gets worse. I
1: think twenty twenty is just a glitch, isn't
0: it? <laughs> yeah, it is. And like I I guess there's hope to me in that it could just, you know, be a glitch and, like, you know, the wrong timeline and, 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 like, it's, it's hard to, s- to feel like there is a chance that it ever gets better again. Honestly, most days yeah, I like, kind sure. of wonder whether it ever gets better, whether this is just the beginning of the end. Which, yeah, like quite realistically, I, like that. I think it is. But, um,
1: mm. like
0: the end of democracy, the end of public health, the end of so many things. Yeah. So I guess there's hope for me. Uh, in thinking that maybe this is just you know um, a a simulation that went wrong or like a a glitch in like (laughs) the wrong timeline sounds incredibly um, way out right now but it it does make a lot of sense to me
1: Hmm. (laughs) I'm glad, I'm glad it makes sense to you I just, um, yeah yeah, 2020 is a I don't, I try not to Um, I try and keep it like Real, real, these days, because there's only so much my brain can handle. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, 2020, what a fucking shit show.
0: Absolutely. Would you say that there's some ways that you adapted to, or like what is ways that you adapted to 2020 with?
1: See, I don't really feel like I've adapted, because I haven't changed any of my behaviours. Right. I just kind of like, I feel like I'm in, you know, a weird fucking glitch myself because nothing's happening. Like nothing's happening. And like, you know, you wake up the next day and nothing's happening. (laughs) And you read the news and it's somehow worse than it was yesterday. And that's just how days go by these days. Everything just gets worse and you think you have it bad and you read the news or, like, you go on social media and someone is actually going through real-life hell and you just end up comparing yourself to what the other person is going through and it's just this endless cycle of horrible thoughts. And that is, like, what 2020 is, just horribleness in, like, one. But if I was to, like, just minimalise the horribleness in a world just to like, the music industry and to what we do for a living... Um, I think this year we'll like get rid of all the people who weren't doing it for the right reason and even though I feel quite hopeless my partner keeps telling me that you know the IY scene and the the, the punk music and stuff like that will be fucking thriving next year because everyone's just going to be so fucking pent up and so sick of stuff that you know the rage will be a mega component to make art again and make music again and stick together and you know show it to the man or whatever however you want to call it um so yeah trying to keep positive but it's so fucking hard especially when I see like all my friends struggling and no one's having a nice time and there's people fucking dying in a world and yeah it's just a horrible place to be in right now but sometimes you just have to go through a lot of shit to like come out and see you know the rays of sunshine sometimes
0: Last question, and hopefully a little bit of a positive upturn towards the end of a pretty dark podcast episode, I want to say. Sorry, uh, everybody. Is there, <laughs> is there one thing that you would say you have learned from all the changes of this year?
1: Um, I think I've learned a lot this year, purely because I had too much time to sit with myself, if you know what I mean. And I'm sure a lot of people will relate to this, especially if you tour for a living. Um, there's a lot of time spent just in your head trying to figure stuff out. And like I said at, at the beginning, like I have been doing therapy every week. So I have learnt to, um, not give myself a hard time as much. <laughs> uh, yeah, and just. Learned to give myself space to deal with a lot of stuff. So like, even though 2020 has been a fucking shit show, I am kind of glad that it happened because it then allowed me to, um, navigate through stuff that I, like, I had to deal with in order to, you know, jump some hoops and be alright, if you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, there has definitely has been a lot of learning, but not like, you know, vocational learning, more like learning to stay sane and to keep on doing whatever it is that you're doing and you know yeah. I dunno <laughs> stuff. Things. Yeah.
0: Martin, thank you so much for all of the insight. Um it's quite an insightful podcast episode that I think for uh aspiring young photographers or videographers or creative directors it can i think uh provide quite a good insight for anybody hmm. wanting to get into this i mean um, i hope so
1: <laughs> if if nothing's clear enough just dm me <laughs> and i'll try and do my best
0: <laughs> thanks again for for being on so much uh thank
1: you so much for having me Maya. it's been a pleasure sorry it's been dark but you know these conversations have to be had.
0: that's all right so um Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Um, we have new podcast episodes out every two weeks. Follow us everywhere. And you can find the Quizfront podcast on Spotify, on Apple, on Overcast, on Anchor, pretty much everywhere you could possibly be. Uh, find the fine podcast. I hope you tune in next week again. And uh, see you soon. This has been the Quizfront podcast. Thank you. And that's it again for today already. Thanks so much again for tuning in, and I hope you're having a lovely day wherever you are. It's definitely been a stressful and hectic week, especially for our US audience. At the time of the final edit of this episode, Georgia and Pennsylvania are both blue, so hopefully Joe Biden will have the presidency by the time this episode gets released. Anyways, if you would like to stay in touch with us, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, give it a review and give us some feedback. That's it from us for today, and I can't wait for you to find out our next incredible guests. Actually, I'll give you a hint already. Um, They're playing a fairly well-known UK-based punk band with kick-ass songs and incredibly important messages about feminism, climate change and much more. So you want to watch this space we have new episodes out every second saturday i've been your host maya this has been the question podcast stay tuned and see you next time